episode number 103, recorded August 19th at the legendary Looney's Comedy Corner. Out of San Diego, California, stand-up comedian Zoltan Cassis is in the Springs. Wow, I don't want to ever move again. The level at which I bombed that first time. Holy shit, this is the only thing I'm good at. I got an agent that sends me out on audition so I can show casting directors that I can't act. <laughs> That's what she said. Man, I'm winded from walking up the stairs. Oh, you and me both. I'm, and I live here for crying out loud. It's embarrassing. Makes me feel so extra out of shape. Like, I'm not in good shape, but you just walk up a set of stairs up here, and you're just like, wow, I don't want to ever move again. Welcome to Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have got Zoltan Cassis. How are you doing? I am well, sir. Thank How are you, you so much for having me. My pleasure. Thanks for taking the time. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so we've got you in here from San Diego. Absolutely, that, That's yeah. uh, home base for you. Yeah, I've lived there... Uh, most pretty much my whole life that's where i was raised nice yeah i was born in budapest hungary but uh after a couple moves from 95 on we've been in san diego nice well, yeah. well i actually wanted to kind of start with that so you're uh, born in uh, Buda- budapest hungary yeah and what brought you and your family to the states my mom got married uh 91 my mom got married to a hungarian american who okay. had dual citizenship but he mainly worked you know he worked in the united states we went out there Marriage didn't work out, and we were going to move back to San Diego, and uh, she ended up getting a job as a live-in housekeeper with some other Hungarians, so we ended up staying in the United States. No kidding. Yeah, all for the best, because I don't know if they do stand-up out there. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have any any connection to, to Hungary now? Do you, have you been back, or is there I, a family I, out there? I haven't been back in years. We went back... Uh, when I was a kid for a little bit, and we were planning a trip this year that ended up falling through, but I and all my family outside of my my mom and my brother live there. Is that right? Yeah, aunts, uncles, cousins, they're all out there. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, very cool. I mean, that's a very unique background. So it that's is. Why I was it's very a couple, different. Yeah. A couple questions. I was there when uh, when the uh, the Russians moved out, when communism fell. Oh, my gosh. Uh, 89, we were on the sidewalks, and we were watching. I guess what we were watching uh, was the uh, the Russian military vehicles being moved out. And I was standing there with my family. I didn't realize what I was watching. I was two. But I just remember everyone was on the street, and the streets were cleared. Everyone was on the sidewalks watching. And that's apparently what we were watching. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah I was there for history and didn't even know it. Wow, that's very yeah. cool. <laughs> All right, well, let's get back to the fun stuff. Fun, yeah. You know, not that that's not fun. No, no, not the communism isn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your, your comedy background. How long you've been at this, when you got started, all that kind of fun stuff. Okay, well, I just got uh, 10 years this month is 10 years. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I got started in 2006. I was 19. I went to an open mic in San Diego at this place called the Comedy Co-op, which is no longer there. And uh, that's where I went up for the first time and bombed for six minutes in front of some of my friends. And uh, I, I was intrigued by it. I was like, well, I really thought I was going to do well. And I didn't. I don't know why that was so surprising to me. I didn't, you know, I was a kid. I didn't like, you know, some comics go to open mics before they start. I didn't do that. I just went to an open mic and started. Like, there wasn't this grace period. Right, right. I was just like, I'm going to go do this. And then I got set up, and then I had a week to write out a thing. And then I went over there and bombed. So that's how it went. <laughs> so now, were you a fan of comedy? What what kind of prompted that first time for you to get up on stage? I was a huge fan of comedy. I just never thought I could do that. I was like, how do they write material? How do they generate content to say on stage? I never knew. I was always, like, the funny one in the group. 
But I'm like, how does that does that translate easily to the stage? And the answer is no. It takes time. <laughs> Being funny in front of your for stupid... all you funny guys out there, don't yeah. think. Yeah. I mean, no, no. You can do it, but you just have to uh, you have to figure out how to translate the funny you in front of your friends to the funny you on stage in front of a bunch of strangers. You have to find that connection. Yeah. Uh, and that takes a little time. But um, but yeah, I just jumped right in and. Uh, uh, I did it because I was gonna. I was gonna be in a. Uh, I was gonna have shoulder surgery, and I was gonna be in a weird sling. And I'm like, well, I need something to pass the time. I can't work out. I can't do anything. I can't do anything. So, I was like, you should go after go do open mics. Like, you should, why not? Just go kill some time at open mics. <laughs> and so I started going, and I fell in love with it immediately. And I got booked for a show, so I ended up canceling my surgery. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and uh, my shoulders are still messed up, and we're 10 years in. So <laughs> <laughs> so now when you say you fell in love with it immediately, can you kind of put your finger on you know, what it was that, that clicked with you that made you wanted to keep, well, keep going? The first time, it, the bombing, <laughs> the, <laughs> I, the, first, the, bo- the, the level at which I bombed that first time, it was. It's not that I didn't get any laughs at all. It's just that the laughs came. The la- the few laughs I did get in six minutes, they came in parts that I didn't know why they laughed right there. The parts that I saw that I thought would get big laughs got nothing, and these little parts would get giggles and chuckles and laughs. I'm like, well, what happened there? <laughs> so I was confused, and and I guess I guess the initial thing was the confusion. <laughs> Of what the fuck is going on up there? <laughs> right. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. And so after a while, the confusion wore away a little bit, and uh, and then I, you know, I just started getting addicted to uh, to to getting laughs, and that got addicting. But yeah. those laughs didn't come for a long time. It was just these weird sporadic chuckles where I'm like, "What was funny there? What happened? Right. What happened?" Um, but yeah, I guess just being on stage, trying to figure it out, and then eventually the laughs got addicting. Yeah. And. Uh, not long after that, I realized that this, holy shit, this is the only thing I'm good at. This is the only, I'm not good at anything else. I've sucked at every job I've ever had. <laughs> and uh, they finally started paying me for this to where I can make a living off of it and I don't have to have a day job. So uh, so now I just stick to it because I love doing it and it's by far the only thing I'm good at. <laughs> I, I'm not, set. It, there's no backup plan. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I, I I did get a chance to watch a couple of clips on your website, um, uh-huh. and your stage presence is is very relaxed, very conversational. Yeah, uh, that's you're, you're comfortable dealing with the crowd. How, how long did it take for you to develop that level of comfort and and interaction with the crowd, or, or is that just a natural thing that you've? No, I, every year it got a little better. I, it wasn't like a one jump to a th- you know. Every year it got a little better, a little better. Once I started figuring out that like my good, like my strong point is stories, like telling stories. And once I figured that out, the laughs started coming a little easier, and I was able to find out, you know, find, you know, that fucking phrase, find my voice on stage, whatever right. that is. And uh, I was able to find that a little bit. But the uh, I try to be mellow on stage because I used to blow up at hecklers. You know, six seven years ago, I would cuss somebody out. I remember one time I told a heckler that I would shove a microphone so far up his ass that we could hear the echoes of Dick's past. That came out of pure anger. I don't even know how I came up with that. But then I and I was still like happy jolly guy, and then that guy pissed me off, and then I said that awful thing to him, and then I got the light and I went, "All right, your next comic, Jeff Billado," and he had to come up after I just yelled at everyone oh and told God. him to lick my ass or whatever I told him, and uh, so like. That then I learned like, hey, if you're gonna be this cool, comfortable, kind of relaxed guy, and not saying that I'm cool, but I'm definitely relaxed up there, uh, <laughs> you can't just yell at people because you can't go back to that. Then now right. you look like a psychopath, 
who's like, hey, what's up, man? Yeah, I own a cat, and uh, this is me. Oh, let's show off the anger problem. All right, that's settled. Well, let's go back. Yeah, so I got a cat. She's overweight. Like, it doesn't, <laughs> it's not a smooth transition back to what it is. So, uh, so yeah, just every year, a little bit better, a little bit better, yeah. a little bit better. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, I noticed also that you've had uh, a, a pretty good amount of success with some uh, various comedy contests, Seattle and San Diego among them. Yeah, yeah. I've gotten, uh, I've, uh, I've been lucky in those uh, those contests, thankfully. Not luck, though. I mean, those are but very rigorous. Uh, it does plenty take, of opportunities to get out. Absolutely, sure. it does take a bit of luck, though. I mean, in in the Seattle one, I definitely had a lot of luck on my side. The only reason I made it out of the first round, I almost got eliminated in the first round. The only reason I made it out of the first round is because the guy that was in third place uh, went over his time, got a time penalty, and it knocked him all the way down to like eighth place, and I got to keep fifth place, and only the top five get to move on. Oh, wow. So if he didn't do that, I wouldn't have, would none of it would have mattered. Yeah. And then in the finals, when we were drawing for spots, there's only five comics, and you're doing five shows that week, and I got lucky. I went in the, I went third every time. And then uh, the last two, I had to go first and last. But those those first three going in the middle of the show, that's the sweet spot. Right. So it right. does. It, you have to be funny to win these contests, absolutely. But you also have to have a little bit of luck on your side with right. where you're going up, and you know, other comics hopefully shooting themselves in the foot in the you know in, right. in the prelims. Absolutely, yeah. It does take a little bit of luck to yeah. be on your side. Absolutely. Well, I know a lot of comics have kind of a love hate thing with the with the contest. I hate them. Yeah. The, right, because yeah. it is so subjective, and and you're you're put up against you know your peers and people you yeah. respect and work with. So what do you get out of it? Uh, you know, uh, I guess from kind of a practical standpoint, from a career standpoint, what's what's the benefit of those contests for you? Uh, the contest that helped me the most was Seattle. Uh, out of that, I got an agent that sends me on an audition so I can show casting directors that I can't act. Uh, <laughs> I got, uh, I was able to get a college booking agent out of that, and I ended up booking a lot of colleges at a NACA thing. And I, I started headlining a lot of clubs in the Seattle Pacific Northwest region, and it was like a good credit to use to break into other clubs. I think that was, uh, you know, you get all these little breaks, and I, have, I definitely haven't had a big break uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but that was one of those bigger breaks that I've had that's helped me out a lot. So anytime I talk to a comic that's like, hey, how do I get to like the next level, Get you know, just to grow in my career, I, I go, uh, competitions and festivals. They've helped me out a lot. Um, and that's, you know, other comics absolutely have helped me out a lot, but competitions and festivals. You know, and hey, some might never pick you. The Bridgetown Festival in Portland, they've been taking my $25 for five years straight. I'm really starting to get the idea that they don't want me there, but guess what? Next December, I'm going to send them another $25 <laughs> and a different tape, and right. I'll go, hey, is this year my year? Eventually, you're going to run out of comics, right? <laughs> How many times can you put this guy on? You yeah, can yeah. maybe give me a slot for five minutes or whatever, but just always throw your name out there. Always bet on yourself, and uh, festivals have uh, helped me out a bunch, competitions. So. Nice. That, that's really great advice, I mean, yeah. because I do think a lot of comedians look at it as just the competition element of it as opposed yeah. to an opportunity to meet an agent or to meet other Absolutely. bookers or yeah the in the seattle thing i got an agent out of the thing the first week because they had industry night the first week in the prelims so let's say i didn't get to the second round well i still would have gotten an agent out of the thing so that's still good nice um thankfully you know i got to go on further and eventually win win the competition but um it's for different reasons like look i went out and did the world series of comedy in vegas Four years in a row, never made it out of a single round. I wasn't in the wild card, but I was in like the the event itself, and I never made it out of a single round. But I made some relationships there, that um, that got me some work elsewhere. Nice. So, 
if you do these competitions and you lose, and you're going to lose, I've lost way more than I've ever won. <laughs> My win-loss record is like the worst boxer in history. Uh, but you keep getting up. But you keep going, you know, because you're right. going to win some of them and you're going to lose most of them. But don't, don't do this thing where you become a bitter Nelly and cuss out the club and cuss out the competition and cuss out the comics. Like, people remember that. Have a little class and just look in the mirror and go, hey, tonight wasn't my night. Nice. Because every comic knows every night's somebody's night. Right, right. You know, someone's going to have that set. Yeah. So it, just because someone wins a competition, that doesn't mean they're the funniest comic. They're just like, oh, that was his night. Yeah. That was his night and he took it. Well, good on you, man. Yeah. That's good yeah. advice. I like that. So going back to the agent thing, you sort of alluded to getting sent on some uh, acting auditions. Oh, yeah. Is that something that you're... Uh, I'm bad at it. I'm really bad at it. <laughs> that it's, wasn't my question. Oh, okay. <laughs> is that something you're really bad at? You tell me, no. Uh, I mean, is that something that you really have an interest in, or is that just sort of another opportunity to get some exposure if something were be, to I, I want it for selfish reasons. I don't like acting. Um, I don't like remembering lines. I don't like pretending. Uh, I like to... I'm very much myself on stage. So the person you see on stage and the person you see off stage, very similar. You know, maybe just dialed up a little bit because I have to entertain people. But uh, acting, I'm not good at being somebody else. And it's not fun. And uh, the, really the only reason I want to do it, I would love to get on a... Uh, my ultimate dream, I would love to be on a sitcom that lasts for like 11 seasons. And I'm just the dickhead that comes in one episode. Every episode, I have like one line. Right. I'm like the one line guy. Like, let me be the UPS driver on the next big sitcom. And right, I come right. in with a package and I go, <laughs> that's what she said. And then I walk out of there and you give me a check for the rest. I would love that. And right. I can use that as a credit and maybe, maybe work the improvs or something. That's what I would like to do. I only want to act and get on things to help stand up, to help bring eyes to my stand up. But I, uh, I, don't, I don't have any interest in the art of acting. Right. And which is, it's, uh, I feel disrespectful. When I'm in an audition room, I'd be like, there's like actors, like this is their dream. And I'm over here just like, I don't, yeah. <laughs> it's the same way I feel like if I'm in LA and there's an obviously an actor up there taking stage time from a comic, reading a monologue, yeah. you know, and he's obviously not doing stand up. It's like a monologue and it's just not, it's terrible. Right. It's the same thing. Like I'm wasting their time. They're wasting ours. So yeah. I don't know. I'm not. A, no, I'm not into acting. Got it. Got it. Understood. <laughs> understood. Well, one of the things too, I think, you know, with comedians, what what a lot of folks outside of the industry may not understand is that you're you're oftentimes your own manager, your own booker, your own Absolutely. merch guy. So how how do you deal with that? And at what point in your career did you realize that I'm I'm managing all of this? Whatever happens to Zoltan is on Zoltan to to make it happen. And do you enjoy I, that aspect of it? I do. I figured that out very early. I'm not. Uh, I'm. Even when I was, you know, I'm 29 now, but when I got started in 1920, one, I wasn't funny enough to get representation behind me, but also I wasn't cool and marketable and still am not. So I totally understand when I see younger comics and they have agent manager and everyone's pushing them to the top. I get it, man. That's a good looking dude. That's a good looking young lady. And they're funny enough. I get what I get it. And I knew from the get go, like, man. I don't think that's going to be me. I was never the cool kid in high school. I don't think there's going to be a machine that's going to, they're going to strap it to my ass and take me to the moon. So I'm just going to have to get there with, uh, with my material and hopefully we'll, uh, you know, that'll, that'll take me the rest of the way. But I learned it pretty early. Like it's going to be on me. And even when you do get representation, it's not like you just hang back and they do all the stuff. Now they want you to go out and do sketches so you can have stuff for your reel. And they want you to, especially in today's media, they want you to create the content and they just kind of want to be there when it blows up. 
and then they, they can take their little cut. Yeah. <laughs> so now being in San Diego, yeah. what is the, the relationship with Los Angeles? How do those two markets differ for you and what's, you know, what's from, the advantage or disadvantage of being where you're at and that sort of thing? Uh, disadvantage of Los Angeles is uh, lack of stage time. So even if you, uh, let's say you break into all the clubs, you're still getting 15 minute spots and that's it. And you're not, guess what? You're not going to break into all the clubs. So you're going to be doing open mics in front of nobody. I, I lived in LA for one year and I didn't get any better as a comic for me personally. Right. You right. know, that just didn't work. And then when I went back to San Diego, we had four new clubs and a bunch of new rooms. So there's a plethora of stage time and that's what keeps me there. All that stage time to develop new material and, and try to be a better comic. And I still go up to LA. I've, uh, you know, um, I perform like I, I broke into some of the like the good rooms, like the meltdown they have. Oh sure, yeah. Uh, they've booked me twice now, and they they bring me back pretty uh, like the turnaround to bring me back is fast. They brought me back within three months, uh, and so they've been really cool to me. And I perform like on Wednesdays every once in a while at the Laugh Factory, and I'm trying to break in at the Comedy Store. So I go up on Mondays and do my little set at the Potluck and. Hopefully Adam goes, he's a superstar. <laughs> Not that he talks that way, but I'd like to think that he talks that way when he sees me. Uh, but that's what I do. So I can go up, I get all the stage time I want in San Diego, and then I can go up to Los Angeles and do, uh, do like some of the bigger shows that I've been able to weasel my way into. Nice. Now, it looks like you're on the road quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, how does that work for you? You're recently married? or Yeah, we got married in October, last October. So congrats on that. It was a nightmare, uh, especially planning the wedding, because I, I got lucky and I booked 50 colleges at NACA. Oh, my God. And they were all, they all fell in the uh, fall, winter of, of last year, and I'm getting married in October. So I'm gone all of September most of October, I just came home for a week to get married, and then I left again, and I didn't come back till Thanksgiving, and then I was gone most of December, and then before Christmas time, I came back. Oh, my god! So, gosh. my wife hated me. Uh, she put me in charge of one thing, which is get a DJ for the wedding. I almost fucked that up. <laughs> and, uh, but, and she handled the rest. But you know what? It, it, you know, she was uh, rightfully so upset. You know, no one wants a husband that's gone five straight weeks, and I'll be honest, I don't want to do that. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I like uh, I would love to just do clubs where you're just gone on the weekends and you come home and you're there you know Sunday through Wednesday or Monday through Wednesday and then you know you just cycle through but the colleges pay so much more and uh, I was very lucky to get all of those grouped together and and um, actually start making a living at stand up you know? right right yeah. but the road can be tough on relationships absolutely yeah. now does she get to travel with you or what she it, does yeah she uh, any chance she gets she comes with me so nice. last weekend I was in Tucson she came with me. Uh, and we had a great time in Tucson. It was my first time actually having fun in Tucson. I always hated, I liked performing, but I, I hated the city. I, there's nothing to do. And then she came with me, and so we did stuff. We did touristy, you know, married people stuff. Nice. So it was fun. Nice. Yeah. Now, is your family supportive of your Absolutely. My and mom is a big, you know, my mom doesn't make any sense because she's like, yeah, you're not going to college? All right, cool. Uh, that's fine. I think you're funny. You should go after comedy like you are. And she's very supportive. Uh, she she bankrolls me constantly. She lets me borrow money at zero percent interest. <laughs> I pay her back on everything, uh, but she uh, you know she lets me have time to pay her back, and I think that's really sweet of her. Nice. Yeah. Well, Zoltan, I appreciate your time, man. I know you're headlining here at the club shortly. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're gonna do these uh, Friday shows. Hopefully, these flash flood warnings don't keep people from coming. <laughs> Looked like there was a pretty good turnout. Yeah. I think so. Nice. Thank you for having me on. Man, it was a pleasure meeting you, and best of luck to you uh, moving forward. Absolutely. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks. 
So there you have it out of San Diego, California, by way of Budapest, Hungary, the very funny Mr. Zoltan Cassis. You can find Zoltan online at ZoltanComedy.com or on Twitter at ZoltanComedy. Thank you to Eric and the folks at Looney's Comedy Corner for their continued support. And thank you for listening to In the Springs. Be sure to follow In the Springs on Twitter at RPL underscore MetaJunk. Until next time, I'm Ryan Lowry, and we'll see you again right here in the Springs. Springs.